This is a HeadGum Podcast. While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. Welcome to Overdue. This is a podcast about the books that you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew. And every few months when the moon shines right in the sky, we decide (laughs) to do things a little differently around these parts. Andrew, Mm. what are we doing this week? We get in a mood every now and again to read a Choose Your Own Adventure book. That's true. From the famed Choose Your Own Adventure series. Usually it is from the mainline Choose Your Own Adventure series of books. Yes. We did do a Give Yourself Goosebumps once, and it was okay. Yeah, sure. It was a little self-referential to the Goosebumps franchise. I mean, I think that's fine. That's just brand loyalty. They're rewarding their loyal readers. And it puts you, the reader, in the canon of Goosebumps, so that was pretty cool. But no, we're talking yes, about... Right. It encourages more sales of the main Goosebumps <laughs> We're talking about the old school choose-your-own-adventure books, which uh, we think, right, that were they started by R.A. Montgomery and then also our author, Edward Packard, this week. I believe week. so. We've, we went, we d- in the very first choose-your-own-adventure show we did, we went through more of the history of them. Um, now all you really need to know is that they are occasionally like reprinted by this company called Shoes Co. Oh, true, that's right. And I think um, you are the one we're reading this week is is you are a shark, which I think we might have said already. I don't know. Um, I think this is one of the ones that has been out of print for a while because it did like we both have really obviously old used copies and it did cost like $15 a piece to get it this time. <laughs> yeah. So Edward Packard, um, he wrote a previous book that we did called You Are a Monster. And mm-hmm. uh, this is Choose Your Own Adventure 45. Edward Packard recently, um, I found an NPR interview with him in 2010 or 2011 where he was talking about his business called U Ventures. Uh, U, not Y-O-U, just U. U uh, Ventures? Yes, which brings classic Why? brings classic uh, choose-your-own-adventure stories to iDevices and other interactive tablet devices. Um, so he's, he's still keeping the, the story-choose-an-adventure brand strong. But he's right. leaning hard into the digital age. He is um, choosing his own adventure, and it is iPads. <laughs> it is iPads. Uh, now, Andrew, so we're, we're talking about You Are a Shark. Do you want to talk about the cover real quick? Um. Okay, so the cover of this one's a little stylistically all over the place. Like, there's a... <laughs> there's, like, what looks like an ancient city, maybe, and a couple monks, and an eagle... And a gargoyle and some snow-capped mountains, and then a a boy like or maybe like an androgynous child who is half shark, half person. He's well, he's kind of swimming into a shark. 
Well, here's the cool thing is that the mountains in the background sort of bleed into the the ocean wave water right. that the shark boy is in. Have you uh, did you forgot to mention that the monk on the cover is sort of just making Forrest Gump face? Like he's just like doing that thing. Forrest that, Gump face. When you know when Forrest Gump sits on the bench at the end of the movie and he just thinks about that flower that then just flies away. Sure. That's the. I thought it was a feather. That's what I meant. It's a feather. I said the wrong word. Um, you like that movie more than I do. I, don't I know. know why you don't remember I just, everything. About no, it. I just said the wrong word. I I could picture it in my brain. He pulls it out of the Curious George book. Hale Joe Osmond's there, um, but this uh-huh. monk is making that face. He d- doesn't seem aware that there's a shark boy in front of him. So, hmm. and then on the best, so I want to I want to bring up something on the back that makes me a little upset. Uh oh is uh the the question on the back what animal will you become <laughs> listen dude i know what animal i better become <laughs> i know which one you better make me you you're telling me i'm a shark but i'm you are a shark but what animal do you want to be let me like shark shark preferred though like i can only do sharks <sighs> this book is rocking my self identity You're hiking in the remote mountains of Nepal when you discover an ancient temple. You go in to take a look around. Suddenly you feel the strength seeping out of your body. A mysterious monk appears before you. He tells you that you've invaded a forbidden temple. As punishment, you must leave your human life behind and become an animal. Okay, so that's that's going to better be a shark. Yeah, we better be a shark. We don't have a great track record of doing the thing that the book says. Doing the thing. Yeah, it's Statue of Liberty (laughs) Adventure. We just like... Kept getting hung up by guards. We never we found I that felt like ghost I was train. In the, I found. I felt like I was in the hidden temple with like a <laughs> a medal and a half, and we just kept getting caught by temple guards. Uh, so Andrew, I'm gonna eventually read the warning at the beginning of this book. But what are our like? Do we have any rules for how we're doing this? You and I are gonna take turns reading pages and making choices. Anything else? We're gonna take. Okay, yeah, we t- take turns. Uh, reading pages, making choices. We do silly voices for each character as best we can. Um, we stick to a general like three endings rule, like three endings or three deaths, which usually works out to an hour. But <laughs> play it by ear. Who knows? And um, we are allowed to put our fingers in pages to save our spot for when we want to come back. It just expedites stuff, and it is true to the experience of actually reading a choose your own adventure book. Oh, true. Oh, Andrew. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Oh, geez, what? I forgot. Oh, whoa. Um, we because we because we are sharks. Do you want to talk? We better be. We need to prepare Jeez. ourselves for the journey ahead. Um, so I did. I I pulled some shark facts, and I don't know if you did also, but I did. Oh, wanna, of course I did. I wanted to share some some shark facts. I got these from the website www.sharkguardian.org. And it's a it's list. Like the, it's the it's like the Guardian, but for sharks. <laughs> yes, it says at the bottom, please support good journalism. Good please shark support journalism. independent <laughs> shark journalism. Yeah, uh, they have a list called uh, Shark Guardian Top Hundred Shark Facts. Um, I'm not going to share <laughs> shark all of Guardian them. Guardian also sounds like the antivirus software that a shark would buy for his computer. Uh, and. They some of the facts repeat, so I'm definitely not going to share all of them. A um, couple of quick ones: sharks have survived five massive planet extinction events. Uh, there are over 500 shark species. 
Andrew, more people are killed by falling coconuts in Asia every year than people around the world are killed by sharks. Stay away from them coconuts, all. Get away Come from on. those coconuts. Get away from those trees. Um, you may know this as a shark enthusiast. Uh, sharks drown if they stop moving. They they move through Same. the water to uh, to move the, like the oxygen through their gills. Um, here's a cool one: some sharks will eat their siblings while still in the womb, like just cause cause they need nutrients. Like some hmm. sharks get teeth in the womb before their siblings, and they just eat them. So really, I mean. Those sharks were never supposed to be born. They're just extra food They're sharks. Just extra food for the scrap s- sharks. For the, s- the stronger sharks that are in there, and then natural selection takes place within the womb, and then they come out stronger than before. Killing yes. machines. Yeah. True. Um, sharks can see like 360 degrees. Uh, until recently, sharks were thought to be immune to cancer. However, recent research proves that sharks can get cancer. So. I mean, we don't know anything about cancer. It's Does coffee true. cause it? Doesn't it? Nobody knows. Which eggs cause it? Not shark eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, sharks respond to a sound known as the, quote, yummy hum. <laughs> it's not an actual hum, though. It's an infrared sound that injured fish make. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'm a fish. I'm hurt. Oh, no. I'm hurt. Oh, oh God. Everybody, mm. Shut up, Jerry. You're going to get... Can be a shark here. Uh, some lady sharks can get pregnant on their own. Get get out of here. Ban all men sharks. Yeah. Um, and some sharks that live in cold water can heat their eyes so they can maintain vision of their prey. Yeah, that's not a standard feature, though. <laughs> Usually you have to upgrade to the higher end trim to get the heated eyeballs on your shark. Normally you don't want to buy the heated eyeballs, but then the salesman's like, well, listen, it's just a couple hundred bucks extra. Just You might as well on. trick out your shark. You're going to be driving that thing for like <laughs> eight, eight, ten years. Pit my I don't shark. Know how long sharks live. Pit my shark. Uh, Andrew, you got any other facts that you want to share? Um, okay, here's a here's a very important fact, and I need you to be sitting down for this one. Good, I already am. Uh, Street Sharks is an American-Canadian animated series about the adventures of crime-fighting half-man, half-sharks. It was produced by Deke Entertainment and aired from 1994 to 1997, originally as part of the Amazing Adventures lineup. Yep. Later in 1996, the Street Sharks teamed up with the Dino Avengers, and the show became Dino Avengers featuring Street Sharks. <laughs> Uh, it was created to promote an existing Mattel toy line of the same name. Yeah. And the one of the interesting things about Street Sharks is it's one of those, it's like that, do you know that movie everybody thinks exists where it's like Shaquille O'Neal is a genie or something? That is a real movie though. Which one's the fake one? I don't know. Oh, it was Sinbad. Everybody yes. thinks there's a movie where Sinbad is a genie. Correct. But it doesn't actually exist. Correct. Somebody on the internet made up a bunch of fake Street Sharks episodes. And now. Specifically people... that there was a girl Street Shark that did yes, not exist. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And now, and now people don't know what's real and what's <laughs> a lie about Street Sharks. So in conclusion, this is my, these are my facts about Street Sharks. Thank you. Thank you. Street Sharks. Andrew, I have a warning to read to you. 
Um, there's an illustration next to this warning of a man slowly melting as he ponders the life that he's, he's led. He's a very, he's a sad man and he just wants you to be careful. Warning! Do not read this book straight through from beginning to end. These pages contain many different adventures you may have as you experience life in a variety of animal forms. Mostly sharks. Why? I, mm. From time to time as you read along, you will be asked to make a choice. Your choices may lead to success or disaster. I hope they all lead to sharks. Your adventures are the result of your choices. You are responsible because you choose. After you make a choice, follow the instructions to see what happens next. Think carefully before you make a move. The animal kingdom is alive with dangers. Your choices will affect whether (laughs) you will live or die, return to human existence, or be trapped as an animal forever. Good luck. Have fun. Boy. I hope there's no ending where a coconut falls on us. Well, it's more likely than getting killed by a shark. Yeah. Andrew, would you like to read uh, the first page? We're advancing to page one. Mm -hmm. All right. So let me describe the picture to you on the left-hand side here. Sure. Um, You are in, I guess, like a Tenochtitlan. You're in an an ancient temple sort of setting, imagine, and there are a bunch of vines everywhere. And there's like a lion, like a griffin type thing. Yeah, like a statue. Like yeah, a, it's like a lion gargoyle, but it has wings on it. And you're a, a boy who's in his shirt sleeves and has a backpack and is looking at this gargoyle. Yeah, and some like really classy shoes, <laughs> like not hiking they, shoes. They look very. They don't look sensible for the context. Yeah, when was this in? book no. published? Uh, this was published was like in 85. Yeah. yeah, some good 1980 shoes. All right, so go, hit me. All right. It's late summer. You've been hiking in the remote mountains of Nepal when you come upon the ruins of an ancient temple. Vines have grown over the wide steps that lead to the entrance. The temple is faced with stone carvings of animals, all worn and crumbling except for one fierce creature, an enormous lion with the wings of a dragon. Its huge jaws threaten to devour anyone who dares to pass. As you climb the steps, you sense danger. <laughs> you step closer and stare at the lifeless monster towering above you. It seems to be warning you not to pass. Summoning the courage, you continue past the statue into the dark cavernous temple. Great, good. You can barely see anything. Only a glimmer of gold in the center of the chamber and beside it, a frail-looking man in a simple monk's robe. As you start toward him, your legs grow weak. You sink to the temple floor. You try to stand, but you can't. The strength is being drained from your body. You can't even lift your head. You call out to the monk, but he neither moves nor speaks. You feel your life slowly slipping away. Man, this one's going pretty quick, and it? Turn to page three. Yeah, like, who are you? Why are you in Nepal? How old are yeah, you? Yeah, usually, I feel like usually the books have some more, like, table setting before you get to any, like, major decision points or anything. Yeah, this is kind of nuts. Like, all, okay, you're just an adventure boy, and you fell down in a magic temple you f- you entered a temple despite sensing danger and now here you are okay page three page three uh, accompanied by a image of sad monk man while you crawl on the floor perhaps doing, you bleed your life yeah. out on the floor yeah uh are you still alive you are lying on the stone floor of the temple the monk sits motionless beside you you try to sit up but you can't you feel as if you were in a trance. Perhaps you are dreaming. If so, it is unlike any other dream you've had before. Maybe you are dead. As if reading your mind, the monk says, You are not dead. Neither are you alive. <laughs> How can that be? You murmur. Do you want to do a voice for the kid or just want to like... You can just do normal okay. voice. Well, it might change Sometimes when we, we become try animals. Do like, 
It might change to different That's animals. That's true. Okay. That is true. Yeah. So you just do a regular human boy voice okay. for him now, and yeah, then we'll change it. How can that be, you murmur, still unable to move? You have fallen into the shadow of death, he answers. It is forbidden to enter this temple. Those who do not heed the warning of the guardian must give up their lives. Go on to the next page. Okay, page four. You feel the chill of death hovering (laughs) about you as you struggle to remain conscious. But I didn't know, you say. You knew better than to enter, replies the monk. The guardian told you quite clearly. You mean the statue? I thought that was my imagination. The guardian is real, the monk says gravely, though not part of the world you know. Unless it chooses to release you, you will remain in its power forever. Remain where, you say, trying hard to make sense of all this. If I'm in its power, what's going to happen to me? For the first time, the monk looks away from you. You must now give up your human life, he answers. However, you will be given a chance to live in animal form. Turn to page 10. Yeah, this book is 0 to 60, huh? Thanks. Zero to sharks. <laughs> Thanks for picking up what I'm putting down with this monk guy. He's like a guy who isn't British but really likes British stuff. Well, or he just like is a creepy guy who works in a magic shop in an <laughs> Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. Okay. I don't know. Yes. Uh-huh. Both two things can be true. Your skin yeah. grows cold, then colder still. You shiver violently to be turned into an animal, dot, dot, dot. You can't let yourself believe this. Who is this monk anyway? Maybe he's making it all up. <laughs> but before you, <laughs> before you can even question him, the monk continues. You I... shout fake news at the monk. <laughs> Be an animal. Fake news. Uh, But before you can even question him, the monk continues, I serve the guardian of the temple, though I will do my best to help you. I may not interfere with its powers. You must first be one animal, then another, then another, and sometimes the same one again. (laughs) Time may seem to go in circles. You may remember your human existence or forget it in an instant. But what if I die as an animal, you ask? Go to the next page. It's like a meta, a meta commentary on how to choose your own adventure I think were. it is. I'm going to keep rolling <laughs> okay. and then give you a choice, Andrew. The monk, that sounds good. The monk shakes his head. If you die as an animal, you die as an animal. What is important is that you live as one. For now, <laughs> it is the only way you can live. The monk moves closer to you as he speaks. You may be an animal in creation anywhere on earth. Any any animal. Oh, any animal in creation anywhere on earth. You will retain some control over your fate. Whether it will be enough to save you, I cannot say. You try to speak, but the monk raises his hand and a wave of darkness sweeps over you. When you next hear his voice, it sounds very, very far away. Would you be the lord of the air, lord of the land, or lord of the sea? It's good radio. Um, all right. So, Lord of the Air, Lord of the Land, Lord of the Sea. Hmm. Hmm. Are there air sharks? No. La- no. Are Are I, there land sharks? I, or like crocodiles are like the sharks of the land. I right? like. I don't know. I like to drink land sharks when I go down the beach. Yeah. Same. Um. Yeah. Lord of the Sea. I'm a shark. Turn me into a shark. Okay. So, uh, where you want to go? Page six. Page six. Land. Lord of the Sea. Okay. All right. 
Here we go. Something wild has happened. Wow, I bet. You crash back into the ocean, spraying mountains of water in all directions. Then, with a flip of your massive tail, you dive. Opening your mouth, you strain a few thousand krill from the water. They taste excellent. You swing your tail, accelerating. You dive deep. Deep. The water grows darker. You pass a small fish, a hammerhead shark. Why am I not the shark? Well, I wanted to be the shark. Did we miss? Did he miss? <laughs> he put us in the wrong thing. You hear the sounds of other whales calling, come. It's, well, man, should I, I shouldn't do like a Finding Nemo kind of thing, right? No, I think you should find something like it. Come. <laughs> it's time to migrate to warm waters. You send a sound message back to them. You've always migrated with the others, but food is plentiful here, and you like the cool waters. Though you know you should join the migration, you're really not ready to leave. If you stay in the cool waters, turn to page 55. If you follow the other whales, turn to page 21. All right, so a little disappointed that we're not a shark, though we are, like, shark adjacent. Yes, there's a chance, perhaps, that if we could eat a shark, we could gain its powers. So, (laughs) like... Kirby. Yes. So I think I want to <laughs> stay here where the shark is. Are you sure we're not going to freeze to death if we do that? I'm not. Well, I'm a whale. I've got a lot of blubber. Uh-huh. And food. Okay, there's so plenty of food here. It tastes food delicious. Is Fine. I think you're thinking a little short term, but let's put a marker in this one. Okay. This page six and seven. And you're going to stay in cool water starting to page 55. Okay. You're glad you chose to stay in the cool waters. The krill here are very good. You've just Sick finished krill. Sick krill. You've just finished breakfast, but you gobble up a few thousand more for a little snack. You practice dives and turns, whacking the water with your tail. You arc your body and watch the spray shooting in the air. You dive into the cold depths and cruise into the stillness of the deep. And then rising like a rocket, you breach the surface and blow stale air out of your lungs, sending up a great plume of spray. Cruising, you see a shape on the water that grows larger as it approaches. Maybe it's another whale, but the shape is larger, much larger than a whale, and most of it is way up out of the water. Andrew, if you swim toward the moving shape, turn to page 109. If you try to get out of sight, turn to page 67. Now, now, Andrew, I need you to remember you are a whale. You're not a human when you make no, this I know. decision. I know, and and I've apparently forgotten my life as a boy. <laughs> in an instant. Um, in an instant, I forgot my life as a boy. Okay, so I'm a whale. It's the 80s, I, and this probably is a ship that's going to whale me, right? Like, it's going to kill me. They're whalers. They're just yeah, going to whale me. Yeah, but, like, is, is the whale up on, like, network news in the 80s? Does he know about the ships? <sighs> I, d- I still have... I know I'm not a boy. I forgot my life as a boy. Yes. But I still have agency. That's true. I decided to stay in the cool, cool water. So And the monk yeah, and and the monk told me to live life as a whale and not to die <laughs> as a whale. Okay. I think just instinctually I'm gonna try and get out of sight and turn to page sixty seven. Okay. Go for it. All right. You swim away from the moving shape, diving hundreds of feet below the surface, waiting as long as possible before coming up to blow. Mm -hmm. Deep within the ocean, you hear the distant call of another whale. A few moments pass. The other whale sounds a shrill note of distress. Something is attacking it. You know there can only be one predator. The shape you saw is a killer ship. Knowing it may already be too late, you call to the other whale, 
to the depths. Only the depths are safe. There is no answering call. But as you swim away from the ship, you hear the higher pitched sound of a much smaller whale. You call back to it, and soon a calf swims towards you. Together, you flee the humans, surfacing only to blow, then quickly <laughs> slipping below the waves. As you dive, you feel your human memory beginning to return. Okay. Oh, okay. So we remembered they were humans and they are whaling. And we made. And a- we may be drawing near the. Now that we've saved this small whale, we may be. Getting to the end of whale times. Yeah, we've learned our lesson. Don't trust boats. Don't trust boats. Okay. You heard it here, kids. All right, turn to page 103. So now the monk and the boy are sitting, staring at a television, I guess. It's off screen. They're both staring <laughs> in the same direction. Watching, watching street sharks. Um, you're surrounded by silence and darkness. You can't feel or see anything. Then from out of the void, you hear the sound of your own breath. ha, <sighs> ha. As you concentrate on keeping your breathing deep and even, a feeling of calm fills you. You can sense your body now. You are sitting, legs crossed, your spine perfectly straight. Once again, you are in the temple and, like the monk, in the lotus position. But unlike him, you can't stand up. Uh, You have achieved a state of meditation, the monk says. I still can't move, you answer. Indeed, it is good. Good. Does that mean the guardian will release me, you ask, trying not trying to keep the excitement out of your voice? Not yet, the monk replies. But you have learned to focus your being. It may serve you well in your next incarnation. But there is more you need, must understand, the monk breaks in. You must learn about leadership. You start to protest, but the monk stops you merely by looking into your eyes. <laughs> now, he says gently... Would you be a leader of animals or be guided by another animal? Andrew, would you, if you say you will lead other animals, turn to page 105. If you say you will be guided by another animal, turn to page 19. What do you think a shark is? is? Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Do you, I mean, do you think this is what people did instead of playing video games? (laughs) (laughs) They just became different animals. Well, fun, okay, so our, our boy didn't get an Atari like he wanted, so he like left his home and started hiking through Nepal, and mm-hmm. now he's in this guy's temple turning into whales and stuff. That's, yeah. That jives. He just wanted to It sounds like the kind Pac-Man. of thing that you would you would have like a really hysterical local news report about, like lo- local preteens or doing a they're all bleeding animals and being sharks. We'll find out more at 11. Can you imagine if there are news reports about animorphs? Just think about Ooh, it. Man, how did they stay out of the news? Well, I think there's like an alien invasion. I don't really... It's probably, it probably suppressed in the media. I've been, I never read animorphs. Well, I know what we're reading. Andrew, you got to okay. make a decision, though. <laughs> I'm going to... Like, duh. It's not even a decision. I'm going to lead other animals. I'm a leader. Like a good shark. I am a leader, and I will lead animals. Okay. Page 105. Do it. Are you a shark? You are... I don't know. We're going to find out. Well, uh, probably not. We're standing on a bluff, so if we are a shark, we done goofed it. (laughs) A blustering wind is blowing through your thick mane. Ooh, it might be a lion. (gasps) The sun, or a horse, or a beautiful horse. The sun has just set, and a full moon is rising over the rim of the canyon. The horses grazing below are in your herd. Yeah. You're their leader, a powerful chestnut stallion. Yes! yes. Oh. To the, I mean, this is like second best after a shark. Yep. 
To the north, you can see clouds gathering. You raise your head into the wind. You can smell the approaching storm. The herd is growing restless. Suddenly, a tremendous bolt of lightning shatters across the valley. Wild screams come from the herd as the horses break east across the canyon. Terrified, they run blindly toward a jagged ravine. You've got to cut them off before they reach the edge. Without hesitation, you tear down the side of the canyon. Stones fly out from under your hoofs as you skid down the steep, twisting trail. Reaching the canyon floor, you explode into a gallop. You're the fastest horse in the valley, but the herd is well ahead of you. You may not be able to turn them back in time. There's one chance. By cutting through the thicket of mesquite... Ooh, barbecue. Delicious. You may be able to save them. It's the shortest route to the ravine. But in the near darkness, you could easily twist a hoof in the tangled brush. If you cut through the mesquite, turn to page 94. If you continue along the canyon floor, turn to page 29. I really like barbecue. I'm a big barbecue fan. You're going to cut through that mesquite? I think I got to cut the mesquite. It's going to be delicious. You got to get some of that smoky flavor? I got to get a dry rub going. I'm turning to page 24. Nine, 94. 94. Uh, there's a bunch of horses doing something. Oh, look at them. They're beautiful. Ugh, it looks like a 70s album cover they're in kick, here. They're kicking the crap out of something. <laughs> they're like all bucking the dirt and there's like lightning and wind behind them. Oh, man. Do you see those Look two horses? The two horses on the right are my favorite. The one is his head is fully sideways. He's very skeptical. And the other one just can't believe it. And the other one's like, Chad. <laughs> you silly a horse. You race through All the right. mesquite thickets, instinctively dodging <laughs> the tangle of branches. Your legs right, are I gotta find out what mesquite is. Okay. Okay. Your legs are torn and bloody from the spiny thorns, but your spirit keeps you going. Dang right. All of your energy is directed to saving the herd. As you burst out onto open ground and gallop toward the ravine, you see the herd nearing the edge. You run alongside, nipping and snorting. Uh, as you pull ahead of the le- of the lead horses, you rear up on your hind legs, striking out sharply with your hooves. They wheel away. None of them dares to approach you. For a moment, they stamp and snort in confusion. A crack of thunder echoes through the sky, and one of the yearlings bolts away. Swiftly, you're at him. Turning him back to the others, the herd slowly settles down, and you lead them back through the canyon. The wind has shifted. The storm is over. In the clear night air, you stand alone, once again watching your herd. We're pretty good at this horse thing. Yo, we're, we're a pretty, pretty good at being whales, too. Dope horse leader. Um, Andrew, would you like to um, turn to page 58 after you tell me I what mesquite like is? Mesquite is just a, a little low tree that is indigenous to the American West, mostly. Okay. So it's just a tree. It's just a, it's just I don't a know short why, tree. I don't, I don't know where mesquite barbecue comes from, unless it's like barbecue from the area where those trees are. Well, I'm just over here barbecuing these trees. Orders mm-hmm. up. <laughs> Come get your grub. Good, we haven't invented good barbecue yet. We just have to do trees. Okay. All right, 58. Once again, the wave of darkness sweeps over you. You feel as if you were spinning wildly, and then everything is still. You are you again. The monk is sitting there, looking serene as ever. Doesn't he ever get up and stretch or walk around, you wonder? He must eat, though not very much, judging by his frail appearance. His high cheekbones seem barely covered with skin. His brown eyes are set far back in their sockets. The monk interrupts your thoughts. Well, have you been happy as an animal? Happy? You say slowly. I don't know. It it felt so different. It's hard. Ah, then you would be happier being a simpler animal. 
a simple animal of the air, of the land, or of the sea. I'm sensing Which? a theme, okay. Wait a minute, you protest. What about the guardian and... There is no other way, the monk's voice is gentle but firm. It is not I who ordains your destiny. You grit your teeth and answer. If you say you'll be a simple animal of the air, turn to page 70. No. Simple animal of the land, turn to page 63. No. If you say you'll be a simple animal of the sea, turn to page 108. Okay, 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 okay. How simple is a shark? I, mean, I want to be like, I don't want to be like a shrimp. I don't want to turn into some kind of shrimpo. Yeah. I want to be a shark. But, but, sh- okay, here's something that's pretty simple. Sharks have been around forever. They're not that complicated. They've been around since the dinosaurs. They've been the same <laughs> the whole time. That's true. Sharks endure is what sharks do. Nevertheless, sharks persisted. I think we're turning mm-hmm. to page 108. All right. Let's see if we can get a shark. We're doing really good, though. I feel like this one wants you to like play it and win. Yeah. Oh, I think I might have messed up, Andrew. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. A poet called... Okay. A poet called you, quote, a pair of ragged claws, and so you are and nothing more because nothing occurs to you but hunger, searching, and in fear, retreating. Instinctively, (laughs) you dig into the sand to keep the waves from overturning you. What brought you out from your hiding place, the rock ledge near the shore? What brought you out? This is a poem. What brought you out? A morsel of food? You ate a mussel and a worm, but you don't remember it. Or anything else? Because you are only a crab, living in the Mm. present, the ever-changing present. Why is this like slam poetry? And you don't know why you- And also, it like hates crabs? (laughs) Stupid crabs. Can't remember anything. You don't know why you scuttle back under the rock ledge as an eagle dived towards you. You are safe in the shallow water now, though only for now, in the ever-changing present. Turn this to page beautiful. 82. This is beautiful writing in this Choose Your Own Adventure. I kind of dig it. All right. You can feel yourself stretching, your arms and legs growing longer. Strength is surging into your human body. Laughing, you <laughs> leap into the air and come down in the temple. At first, you shudder to be back inside the huge dark room, but then you realize you can still move. The shadow of death no longer clings to you. How, how was it being a simple animal? The monk inquires gently. It was awful to be able to feel but not think. Hate it. Ah, you would rather not think and not feel? No, I'm... Were you asleep, you wonder? It doesn't seem so, though you're rubbing your eyes as if you were. The monk sits in the lotus position, impassive as before. Go go to the door, he tells you, but do not cross the threshold. Careful to stay inside, you go to the open door and blink in astonishment. The stairs of the temple are covered in deep drifts of snow. In fact, everything is covered by snow except for the statue of the temple guardian. Months have passed. It's a good thing you don't have parents or anything. (laughs) Turn to page 89. Uh, I guess my hair hasn't grown, though. Like, months outside, but not months inside. Yes, right. Time flows differently inside the magical temple that we've apparently found. Oh, interesting. Okay, we're on page 89. Have I been asleep since summer? Your voice, silenced for so long, is husky. Oh, let me try that again. Have I been asleep since summer? You're not Batman. Well, I've been asleep for a long time. You Okay. You have not been asleep, the monk replies. You've been a tree. You try to imagine yourself as a tree, standing, rooted, half your lower trunk covered in snow, your branches and twigs quivering in the winter wind, unfeeling. The monk breaks into your thoughts. 
You have shown courage and new understanding. The guardian of the temple is pleased with you. You will be allowed to return to your human life unless you choose to become an animal again. Why would I do that? The monk smiles. Few humans are given the opportunity to experience life as another creature. You may never have this chance again. Andrew, if you say you'll try being an animal again, you better turn to page 86. If you don't want to risk being an animal again, turn to page 114. Okay, so let's mark this one. Okay, this is an important decision that we're making. Now, in my, like if I'm going to stand in my truth, I'm going to say <laughs> like every time we've been an animal pretty much something's tried to kill us and I don't know, like I guess as a human like people could still try to kill you, but usually they'll at least have a reason for it. Yes, beyond, true. Like instinct. No one usually, tried to kill us when we were a tree, I guess. I guess nobody tried to chop us down, but also we didn't get to like be a tree. We just heard that we were a tree. Yeah, I've read The Giving Tree. I know how this goes. So I'm bookmarking this one, and let's. Uh, we don't want to risk being an animal again. Turn to page 114. Okay. No thanks, you say. I've had enough of being an animal. It feels great being human again. I want to stay this way. Very well, says the monk. But you will not be able to find the trail through the snow. I will guide you down the mountain. Come. It is safe for you to cross the threshold now. Slowly you step out of the temple. The dazzling white mountains rise all around you. All your senses seem sharper. You've never felt so alive. Then your eyes fall on the statue of the guardian and a familiar chill goes through you. You take a deep breath and stare into the great stone face. Hurry, the monk calls from below. You look back for the last time and sprint down the broad stone steps. For three days you follow the monk down steep winding trails. Finally, just below the snow line, you reach a beautiful valley covered with wild flowers. That night, you stay in a monastery where you meet travelers who offer to guide you to the city of Kathmandu. From there, you'll be able to take a plane home. In the morning, you bid the monk goodbye and thank him for his kindness. In turn, he gives you a Tibetan thanka, the sacred painting. I will also leave you another gift, he says. This one from the guardian of the temple. You can neither see nor touch it, but it will stay with you forever. The gift of friendship with all animals. The end. So I think we beat it. I yeah, that's we did it. That is a that is a positive ending. No sharks run that we just completed. Right, because you can do like a neutral ending, bad ending, renegade ending. ending. <laughs> yeah, and I think yeah, right. And I think we got the good one. I think we got the best possible ending, Andrew. I I still think that we should try and be sharks. That's why we're here. It's what the book. I told think so us. too. Yeah, that's why we showed up. Uh, but we should take a quick break first, and then we'll come back. Okay. Andrew, I have something very serious to tell you. Really? Like, usually we're all like, no, laugh, laugh, goof no. them up. Blah, blah, blah. Stop. It's very serious. You have to buckle up. Oh, wait. Okay. Quit Hold it. on. My office chair doesn't have buckles. Buckle? But I am sitting further back in it now. Stop goofing. You better buckle up. The Sirius XM okay. free listening event is on right now. Sounds serious. Andrew, this is very serious. You can enjoy two glorious weeks of Road Happy and listen free from May 17th to 30th. No strings attached. If you have an inactive Sirius XM radio, you can rock your ride today. Really? Yeah. Do you do you know what Sirius XM radio is, Andrew? Um, I know that they have it's like radio on demand, right? Like they have 100 amazing channels, um including their newest edition, the Beatles channel. 
those 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 fellas. Mm-hmm. I think they're gonna go. I think they're gonna go a long way. I have heard of them, and they don't mess around. They're very serious. So uh, this is free. It's through May thirtieth. So you've got two weeks of commercial free music plus talk sports, comedy, and more. Um, some older radios might not be able to figure it out, but you could probably try it if you've got one in your car. It's probably good. It's probably good to go. Sure, it's very serious of you. It, it's very serious. When I okay, rent, so if a, if wait, I want if I oh. want to know, beats just be serious with me for a second. Okay, if I you want to okay. know more about this. Where do you go? How do I find out more? Seriously, Andrew, I need you to go to www.seriousxm.com/headgum to learn more. I'm very serious about this. That's where you should go to learn more. Seriousxm.com/headgum. I'm being serious. Thank you. That was very professional. Uh, on a less serious note, let's say, um, yeah, Craig, we've got a live we've got a live show coming up. Yeah, we do. We uh we've been teasing this for a few weeks. We finally got all the details worked out. We are going to be in Boston, Massachusetts, at the PRX Podcast Garage, uh, with our good friends Christina and Camille of the Unfriendly Black Hotties. You've we've had them on the show before. We really like their show. They're good friends. Um, and you could be our good friends if you come see us on Saturday, July 15th. Andrew, where do folks... Attendance at the show is not a guarantee of actual friendship. Please. Terms and conditions may apply. <laughs> okay. Uh, Offer not valid in Utah. Wait a second. This is getting more complicated. We've got some fine print. We've got fine print. Also... Don't worry about it. Please be a shark. Andrew... Please be a shark. Um, if you want to find out more about the show and if you want to buy tickets, go to bit.ly slash overdue hotties, all one word. Mm-hmm. And hotties is spelled H-O-T-T-I-E-S, just in case there's some confusion. Um, tickets, uh, general admission tickets are $10 a piece. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, they we've got a lot left at this point. Like we've got a good amount, um, but they, I don't think, I think we are going to sell out and they're not going to last forever. So if you think you can come again, that's Saturday, uh, July fifteenth. Doors open at six thirty p.m. Um, the hotties will go on at seven, and we will go on at eight. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to find out more, again, that's bit.ly/slash/overduehotties, and we would love to see you. We'd love to see you come out. Come to Boston. You can go to the Cheers Cheers Bar. We went to the Cheers Bar at that time. We did go there. Nobody, Nobody knew our names. Know our, no, I know. I think everybody gets disappointed by that part. <laughs> Andrew, we've got some choices to make. Boy, boy, howdy. So we've got two uh, like bookmarks that we made. One was when we decided to not be an animal again, and we were rewarded with the gift of perpetual animal friendship. Um, or it was our first animal choice. No, or was it our first it was, whale uh, choice? It was going to the warm water with the other whales. So do we want to go where the other whales peed in the ocean, or do we want to go back into being an animal? I think we just go back into being an animal. I'm with like you. We've done, our, we've done our time, but now we're getting that overtime pay. Yeah. Being being animals for one and a half times our normal hourly rate 60 hour animal weeks let's do it Mm -hmm. all right page 86 okay i'll do it uh all right you say reluctantly i guess i'll take one more chance at being an animal but can you promise me that i'll survive and come back 
<laughs> His face stern and impassive, the monk replies, I can't guarantee anything. You may return if you can stay alive for three weeks as an animal. If oh, you don't, with a time limit now. If you don't, he's making up rules. He's moving the we goalposts. We were a horse for like 10 seconds. If you don't want to take that chance, then you must remain here with me for three weeks. And then what, you ask? (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of weird. The trails have been completely covered by the snow. In three weeks' time, hikers will pass this temple. They will guide you down the mountain. Well then, you say, I'll just stay here for three weeks. The monk rises to his feet. Though he looks old and frail, he walks to the temple door as gracefully as a dancer. Sometimes being human can be as dangerous as being an animal. He points to the snow-laden mountainside that rises steeply above the temple. Turn to page 93, Andrew. All right, here we go, old man. You cannot answer. You are in such awe of the mountain. In the clear, dry air, it seems so close. You feel as if you could reach up and cap the jagged peaks with your hand. The sky is such a deep blue above the mountaintop that you feel as if you were staring not at the sky, but into space itself. Plumes of snow are blowing off the upper slopes. The strange old man beside you has been waiting for you to finish your reverie. Seeing you look at him, he says, Never, never have I seen the snow lie so deep on the mountain. Spring will be here soon, and the sun is growing stronger. I do not know when, but in the season that is now upon us, an avalanche will bury this (laughs) temple. It is foretold. Think of that before you decide whether you will stay here three weeks. I'm confused what the problem is. Like what hikers, do you mean? like we could, like if we stay, like there's an avalanche that's gonna come before the end of the winter. Yeah, is that in it's three gonna, weeks gonna, or not? It that's the question. Oh. Is it might be in three weeks, but it might not be. And so, do you want to? Like, I felt like we already made a choice about what we wanted to do, and now the book is like, are you sure though? Because there could be an avalanche. Do you really want to uninstall that software? Are you sure? I've asked Are it before. Sure? Please yeah. wait for the other uninstall to finish first. <laughs> I just want to be an animal, Andrew. I will be an animal for I want to be a shark. Gosh. It says you are a shark, not you could maybe might be a shark. <laughs> if you make a long series of right choices, it says you are a shark. You Man. are a shark. Man, here we go. Page 32. Jeez. I'm sorry. I'm just mad. I'll take a chance being an animal again. Even as you speak, the room seems to dissolve before your eyes. Your next sensation is one of feeling immensely strong. Yep. Fearless. Yep. And proud. Yep. You open your great mouth and let out a... (laughs) It's a great mouth. (laughs) What a great mouth you have. (laughs) And let out a deafening roar that would scare you half to death if you weren't making it yourself. Do Do sharks roar? Is it a shark? You look down at your huge, tawny paws. Okay, sharks have paws. So far, so good. Turning your head, you see your powerful hindquarters and your splendid tough tail. Sharks have tails. There's no yep, doubt sharks. about it. You are a lion. Shark. Oh. <laughs> but you are. No, we're just a lion. We're just a lion. And you're in a zoo, a horrible zoo, pacing back and forth in a horrible cage. Three steps turn. Three steps turn. Three steps turn. Stop to look at the gawking people behind the black steel bars. Three steps. Three steps. Edward Packard. Really it's playing doing some stylistic around. stuff that I kind of like. <laughs> he's trying he's to... really making me these animals. Now, he's not making me a shark yet, but he's made me a lot of other animals. Sir, this burger is delicious, but I ordered a BLT. That's I think that's Garcon. the book just... 
the book just senses that we want it too much. Yeah, we're trying to. We're a little thirsty. We're a little shark thirsty right now. I put just the book. It says you're a shark, Craig. It says <laughs> Andrew. Turn to page sixty-five. Maybe you'll be a shark. I don't know. Oh man, fine. If not, at least hopefully I can kill some tourists. How you hate concrete under your paws. You roar again. The people shrink away from the bar. Some of them laugh. Some of them snicker. One of them tries to roar back. How ridiculous they are. And those who have imprisoned you in this miserable cell, what a stupid lot they are. Then you remember your human self. You will be returned to your own human body in three weeks. At least you're safe where you are. Humiliating as it is, you're grateful to be in a zoo. No one will shoot you. (laughs) Thinking of this, you want to smile, but since lions can't smile, it comes out as a great big yawn. Mm. Wow, shouts the little boy. Look at those teeth. The end. So that is what we call in the biz a, a neutral ending. I would say Where that, we do yeah. not die a horrible death, but it's also not ideal because we weren't a shark first. So how far back do we need to go that we could maybe be a shark? So we decided to be an animal again. Do you want to go back to whale time? We could go back to whale time and go back to the warm water. Or should we go back to our initial air land sea choice? He did not lock us into a tech tree, as you might notice. First no, we were yeah, a whale, I, I and then we were that, a like, horse. Putting skill points into <laughs> whale would open up like a shark... Like a shark subclass? Yeah. I can switch between um, them at will depending on who I'm fighting. (laughs) Depending on what, like, materia I have, Uh I could turn into a shark. Let's let's go follow the other whales, and maybe the other whales will lead us to where sharks are. All right, that's cool. So we are... So this is from page 7. We are jumping to page 21. I appreciate how diligent we are about page numbers as if folks are playing along at home. I just, we just we're showing our work is what it true. is. Okay. Like I don't want people to accuse us of faking. QED, you are still not a shark. Uh, t- page twenty one. <laughs> no. <laughs> you lash your tail and turn your great body. Oh, 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 sorry, everyone. In case you got animal whiplash, we're a whale again. Um, <laughs> you lash your tail and turn your great body northward towards the other whales by pointing your head in slightly different directions. You are able to form a sound picture of the bottom of the sea. Hmm. Undersea mountains and valleys and canyons where rivers once flowed. Well, isn't the ocean just like a giant river? Okay. Sweeping. That's what they say in science class. Toward the surface, you sound the other whales. There are five of them, but you sense there should be more following. You send a call behind you. Hurry, our herd is heading toward the warm waters. But there is no answer. A great blue shape, the whale farthest ahead, slows the blue whale is the biggest mammal mammal that ever lived and <laughs> <Man-a-mal>. <laughs> the blue whale is a huge mammal he's wearing jorts and he's <laughs> he's really ripped <laughs> sun's out guns out am it's i right basically just john cena is what i'm saying <laughs> Uh, and this one leader of the herd is almost 100 feet long he has dropped back to let you swim alongside and sends a sound message to you you are new to our ways friend he says there are no others in years past there were more whales in our herd but most of them have passed into the great deep 
With a flip of his tail that sets a 20-foot-high wave coursing through the ocean, the leader accelerates. You are left again at the end of the procession. Turn to page 24. All right. So again, book in the 80s with whales in it. Very environmentally conscious message, which I appreciate. Yeah. Uh, the days go by and the water grows warmer. The sun is higher in the sky and you can feel its warmth on your back when you surface to breathe. There's less food now, but you don't feel hungry anymore. You're able to live off your reserves of blubber for a while. Same. Same. <laughs> you are content and happy as you glide through the waves. A loud clanking sound travels through the water. The herd suddenly veers to the left. Surfacing, you see a great ship pass you. A neighbor calls to you. Oil in the water! Suddenly you feel a slimy, smelly black film sliding across your face. Some of it seeps into your blowhole. You cough and blow. You let out a long, low moan. A memory flashes in your mind. If only you could be a person again. Turn to page 26. So you swam by the Exxon Valdez. (laughs) Oh, no. I guess. Oh. Suddenly you are you, the human being again, back on the temple floor. So you are still alive, the monk is sitting, gazing into the flame of a tiny oil lamp. God, don't sound so disappointed about it. The dark chill of the temple cuts through you, and you realize that once again you are unable to move. Won't the guardian release me yet? I think not, says the monk, without turning to look at you. You are not yet in the realm of the living. The only way for you to survive is to become an animal once again. First, you must answer this question. Living as an animal, would you rather be among people, near people, or far away from people? Andrew, if you'd like to live near people, or among people, turn to page uh, 33. If you'd like to live near people, turn to page 14. If you'd like to live away from people, turn to page 69. Nice. Nice. Um, okay, so I think among people is gonna get us some kind of like a domesticated animal. Yeah, like a guinea also I think pig this, this or... can be this can be like our last thumb in the in the book. Yes, okay, good call. Good call, good call. Um away from people like okay, so here's my thinking is I think that a shark would live near people because it wants people to eat. I mean, I I read all hundred of those shark facts. And... I know. Listen, listen. And here's my other here's my other thinking is I know that that's not what sharks actually do. But what do humans like Edward Packard perceive sharks to do? That's true. Now he has shown a lot of animal empathy so far. He does seem to... that is true. He's done a lot of research. And yet we have yet to be a shark. So. He doesn't have human empathy because he doesn't understand that as <laughs> somebody who badly. bought a book called You Are a Shark, I want to be a shark. Um, I w- I'm with you. I would go to page 14. I would live near people as a shark. If, if that's where okay. you're leaning, well, I back you. That is where I'm leading, uh, leaning, and let's just see if that's... You're running goes, for shark office, and you have my endorsement. Here we go. Please vote Andrew for sharks. You shake the sleep out of your eyes. In a second, you're on your feet and trotting through the tall grass alongside your brother, who is probably not a shark, unless he has some kind of like (laughs) robot shark legs. (laughs) You glance at his deep rust-colored coat and his white chin and throat and think, that's how I look too, and indeed you do because you are a fox. (sighs) Your human memory is fading fast, and your memory of life as a fox fills your mind. Born this past spring, you have yet to see your first winter. You grew quickly from being a tiny blind puppy in an old woodchuck burrow at the edge of a field. Your parents help you catch snakes and field mice. Well, 
Snakes and field mice. They weren't helping you field mice. <laughs> they were helping you catch field mice. Also, you lived in an old woodchuck burrow, which probably means that the foxes ate all the woodchucks and stole their house. Well, let's not cast aspersions. Okay. Uh, last week, when your mother frightened a small rabbit, it ran into your path and you caught it. Now it's time for you and your brother to go hunting on your own. Night has fallen and a big round moon is glowing through the trees. You start toward the tall grass where field mice are plentiful. But your brother has another idea. He nudges you and trots off through the woods as if he knows exactly where he's going. Go to the next page. You want me to keep going? Or yeah, you keep go? going, keep going. You follow away, then realize he's heading for the barn with the chickens. Mm. You stop in your tracks. Once, when your mother was teaching you to hunt, she led you near the barn. You could smell, see, and hear the chickens. You're all set to race toward the barn and sink your teeth into one of these delicious birds, but your mother nipped you sharply, nudging you back to the meadowland. You could tell by how hard she nipped you that those chickens meant food, but they also meant danger. Still, you remember once when your father brought home a chicken. It was the best thing you ever ate, and right now you are very hungry. Your brother stops and looks at you quizzically. What should you do? If you decide to try and raid the chicken coop, turn to page 51. If you decide just to go for field mice and rabbits, turn to page 30. Hmm. Two things. One, I like the idea of raiding the chicken coop because it reminds me of Ocean's Eleven. So maybe there's like a heist scenario. Well, there there's a connection there because George Clooney was the voice of the fox in the Fantastic Mr. Fox movie. There's and a- that movie was about stealing chickens and other food. That's good. He is also a fox. So, hey. He's the, yeah, he's a silver fox. He is a like silver an aging fox. sort now. of fox. Yes. Um, also, what would a shark do? He would go you know, balls out. And a shark eat, would eat, eat the chickens. So we're or gonna... maybe, maybe like more coconuts fall on chickens every year <laughs> than they get eaten by sharks. We're going to, we're going to raid that chicken coop. Turn to page. Live your chicken life like a shark. 51. All right. You race to the edge of the meadow, darting through the tall grass. The full moon is flickering through the treetops. You see the farmer's house, the bar and the chicken coop. You hear the chickens. You also see that noisy white and brown dog, head resting on his forepaws, sound asleep. At least he seems to be. Your brother trots off to approach the coop from the other side of the barn. You stalk toward the coop. You're downwind from the dog, so there's no danger of his getting your scent. Man, animals are smart. Um, now closer, closer. <laughs> you can see the barn door is ajar. You could slip through and enter the coop from the barn, but suppose the door shuts after you. Turn to page fifty-three, Andrew. Okay, uh, you'll have to risk it. You run toward the door and slip inside. Before you even reach the chicken coop, you hear the dog barking. No time to think. You dash into the coop and grab the fattest chicken. What a racket of cackling, squawking, and flapping. It's enough to scare you out of your wits. Do you think that, that like we've grabbed another like chicken boy who is also like living life as an animal? I was thinking that earlier. <laughs> like in this universe, is every animal just a boy being put through the trials of this <laughs> temple man? All the animals died many millennia ago, and this is the only way we can make there be animals now. Mm-hmm. Hey, Blazer, a human voice, a man. He'll be running toward the barn. You're scared. Why did you even try this? You wheel and start back toward the door. Suddenly you see the dog, big as a bear. Wow, maybe just big as a dog. I don't know. (laughs) Staring at you through the chicken wire, barking madly, trying to bite his way through. You almost drop the chicken in fright as you run into the barn and head for the door. Suddenly you realize that you'll reach the door at just about the same time the dog does. 
You dive, chicken and all, behind a big metal smelly thing. A second later, the dog races past into the chicken coop. In a flash, you're outside. Moments later, you reach the tall grass, dragging the chicken along. Boom! A loud noise. It came from where you saw the man. A few moments later, your brother appears, running towards you. His coat is spotted with blood, but he can't be badly hurt because he darts ahead and breaks a trail for you through the th- tall, thick grass. Turn to page 47. Man, he shot Seems your like brother. like this heist is going off okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Suddenly, you're a human again. Back in the ruins of the temple. This time, you find yourself standing. You try to walk, but your feet seem rooted to the floor. The monk My sits before again. you. What? My tree again? I, oh, you're practicing. The monk sits before you. <laughs> you are doing well, he says. Well, thanks, you say, surprised. Does that mean I can go now? It only means that you are doing well. Tell me, how <laughs> did it feel when you changed from human to animal? You think back to that strange moment. It was confusing. And sometimes my human memory went against my animal instinct. Ah, then you would rather have no trace of human memory. I'd rather have it completely, you say. If I could always have remembered that I'd been human, I'd have been an extra smart animal. <laughs> extra smart here is all one word. <laughs> but, says the monk, knowing you were a human being who's trapped in the body of an animal would be very hard indeed. You might panic. When you are an animal, it is better to be wrapped in the mist of forgetfulness. I don't know which would be worse, you admit. Turn to page 49. All right. Just put the choice on that page. Oh, that okay. sad man again. Uh, why don't you just finish yeah. this one out? Sometimes you must make a decision even when you can't decide, the monk says gently. That's a fortune cookie. You start to protest, but the monk's eyes are like glowing coals. His eyes seem to burn into your brain. You are about to become an animal again. You must choose whether you will keep your human mind or live without a trace of human memory. <sighs> That's a good question. Andrew, are you going to keep your human memory and turn to page 60, or are you going to give it up and turn to page 70? Neither of these maps cleanly to shark, and we are running out of chances to be a shark. We are like just firing blanks page after page here. I don't, you know what? I'm going to give it up. All right. I'm giving up my memory. I don't want it. I All I want in life is to be a shark. That's it. That's all I want. Turn to page 70. Uh-oh, I think I beefed it. Uh-oh. <laughs> you take flight from the surface of the marsh. It's a hot summer evening and you're in search of blood. Instinct guides you toward the house and through a broken part of the screen, you hover over a sleeping girl. As you buzz by her ear, she turns, her arm lashes out, and you dart away. You light on the wall, waiting until she's quiet again. You focus on a bare shoulder and dive. Silently, you set to work, drawing out her rich red blood. The girl swats hard, but you fly out of range. As soon as she settles back down, you land on her hand to finish your meal. This is the best blood yet. (laughs) Suddenly, the girl sits up and switches on a light. Once again, you take to the air. All right, mosquito. Okay, little girl. (laughs) She stalks around the room looking for you. You light on the back of her neck and walk slowly down her spine. Gotcha, the girl cries, slapping herself on the shoulder. You move down a little further. The hand whips around again. Splat. The end. We, we so that's the worst ending because we weren't a shark and also we got killed. Yeah. This book. Come on. I mean, do we want to do like one more choice? I do want to do one more choice. Do you want to go to page 60 or do you want to try like page 69 from before? I think. Living far away from people. 
nice. Yeah, I think let's do that one. Let's live far away from people nice. Okay. Uh, page 69. Well, you are an <laughs> octopus. Oh, we're back in the neighborhood of sharks, though. All right. You are an octopus drifting down toward the ocean floor. As you settle on a rocky ledge, you change your color and texture to blend in with your new surroundings, perfectly camouflaged. You wait until your favorite food, a lobster, approaches. I love lobster. <laughs> with amazing speed, you propel yourself toward it. The lobster wheels on you, pincers wide apart, releasing a jet of ink to distract it. You sweep over to the lobster's side. Swiftly, you slap one tentacle around its back another over its rear claws and a third around its head in almost the same motion your sharp beak rips open the lobster's soft underside your hunger satisfied you swim off searching for a den like all octopuses you feel safest when you're hidden in a dark snug place same ahead of you is a clay jar you approach it curiously and with one tentacle gently explore its inside it's empty so you slither over it the side into your new home curled up in the bottom you sleep turn to page 73 now i'm wondering if like maybe octopus is the best animal I'm maybe the shark thing was a red that herring was one time. of the coolest things that's we just like got a free lobster and we ripped it apart with our cool beak and now we're like chilling in a jar octopuses don't have fingers and it's better at lobster than me they have eight things that are better than fingers that's true if I if I could trade all my dumb old fingers for like eight long noodles covering suckers, I would do that. <laughs> I'd do it in a second. I don't know if I could be your friend if that happens. You wouldn't want to be friends with Octopus Boy. <laughs> I don't want to be friends with Octopus Andrew, no. Okay, fine. Whatever. Oh, do you want me, um, here's you want me another to do this tiny one? pair? Okay, fine. It's, it's really short, so then you can, you can make the choice. Um, you awake to an odd sensation. Though you are still in the jar, you're being pulled through the water. Something is carrying you to the ocean surface. You're curious, but very wary. Should you stay in the jar or slip out now? Andrew, if you stay in the jar, turn to page 85. If you slip out of the jar, turn to page 50. Get me out of here. Okay, turn to page 50. All right. Instinct tells you that there's something dangerous about a den that lifts itself through the water. As the clay jar rises, you slip out. You cruise along the reef, scuttling along with one tentacle over another, looking for either a new den or a juicy soft-shell crab. You poke into a few holes that are already inhabited, and then you smell food on a ledge above you. Using three tentacles at once, you reach higher, lunge, and clamp down on a hermit crab. You scoop it up and pass it from suction cup to suction cup and into your mouth. No sooner have you finished eating than a sand shark eyes you for lunch. Turning bright red with fear, you propel yourself away with your jet stream. You know you can't stay ahead of the shark for long. You release a cloud of ink to distract it. Immediately, you change color and look for a hiding place. There's a pile of old bottles up ahead. You shoot toward them, but the shark has swum through the ink cloud and is gaining on you. You'll never reach shelter fast enough, and this time you're out of ink. The end. So not only... Did we not get to be a shark at any point in this entire thing, but we end being eaten by a shark? I think that's a metaphor for our experience with this Choosing book. our own adventure. Ugh. Andrew, I'm doing something we don't normally do. I'm just going to flip through this book. I'm going to see- Could we be a shark at all? I'm going to see if there's could, a... Could we be a shark at all? Is it just trolling us? I wish I time? could control F a physical book, but I'm, just I can't. Just for shark. Just for shark. Just look... Okay, I'll do it too, and I'll see... Can I'll you you start from the back of the book? Yeah. And we'll just see. There's an eagle. There's a polar bear. That's cool. 
Um, that's the fox uh, thing. Gorilla. Uh, there's an elephant. Uh, there's an avalanche. There's the cool horses. There's what is that? Eagle. There's more. Tig- well, like ze- a- zebra. There's a zebra. Okay. Octopus. That was cool. Man, I wish we had lived. Yes, you could be a bear. You can be like White Fang. Um. Um. Okay, wait a second. Hold on. There is a page where I'm definitely a shark, but I don't know how I got there. On page 22, you are definitely a shark. Okay, I'm on page 40, and I still don't know. I am a shark, but I don't know. This is the page that actually... You're still swimming in the ocean, but now you're breathing underwater. You feel as if you were all teeth. You are a shark. There it is. A fish ahead. A juicy... I'm going to say bass, even though I know it's bass. (laughs) A juicy bass. Is that the Seinfeld? <laughs> it's like an angry Seinfeld face. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, you can be a shark. Yeah. But we, didn't, we just didn't get there. I was joking that in a book called You Are a Shark, we would never find out a way to be a shark, but we've actually, we actually figured it out. We got, we got it. We couldn't have done it better if we'd been planning it that way. I can't, and I, I can't stress this enough. We did not plan to do a no we shark never, run. We never even... Hello, this is <laughs> this is Shock Boy Four Twenty. I'm just on my YouTube channel here doing a doing a no shock run through a you are shock. Please like and comment and subscribe. <laughs> I can't. Um. Yeah. No, we never we never even crack these open before we read them for the show, and so every time it's like, well, will we find the ghost train? Like, are we gonna be a shark? Will we be a monster? We were a monster, though. We did become a monster. But that happened, like, pretty early. I don't even... I think it maybe railroaded you into being a monster. That's true. Also... that's not happened This I do regret we didn't get to do as many funny voices, because it was mostly just animals. That's fine, though, because sometimes we get lost in the voices. That's that's true. Uh, (laughs) And I'm kind of into the, like, 1985 Earth Day vibe of this book. Yes, me too. Of like, hey, animals are cool too, except... Remember when we could all basically agree, yeah, I guess we are killing a lot of whales, aren't we? Yeah, right? We should probably try and fix it. I I did have a moment where the book was talking about like the water getting warmer, and I was like, that's my fault. I'm sorry, whales. (sighs) Do you mean that in a global warming sense or in a peeing in the water sense? Because you sound like you're going for either one. I mostly meant the first one, but it could be the second one. Okay, great. I think we're done. I think we weren't a shark, and we failed again. Edward Packer. We got two. We got two good endings. We did beat the book effectively. We beat the book. Like we did. We got. We did the hundred percent. Well, no, I guess hundred percenting would mean being a shark. Being every be well, being every animal without dying, which I don't even know if that's possible. It's not possible. There's not. Like, an I don't know animal. if there's some animal paths that lead to death. I guess no. being a skeeter. Skeeter led to death. Yeah, being a skeeter. Um. We got eat. We got eaten as that octopus too. Yeah, but we could have. Maybe we could have stayed in the jar and, and lived a full happy life in That's an aquarium. True. Yeah, somewhere. the skeeter was always going to die. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, thanks for listening to yet another weird choose your own adventure episode. I'm sorry that we could You're not. You're not a shark, by <laughs> Edward Pack. You'll never be a shark. <laughs>
That's what his dad no matter told him how every hard day. you try, you'll never, ever get there. You'll never be as good as your father. You'll never be a shark. Um, as we said in the break, uh, if you want to find out more about our July 15th live show in Boston, please go to bit.ly overdue hotties, H-O-T-T-I-E-S. Um, I want to thank folks who reached out to us on Twitter and Facebook at Overdue Pod in the past week. Um, that includes Melissa, Sarah, Mary Kate, Nicole, Sean, Margaret, uh, Acorn, Carla, Grace, Valerie, Taylor, Aaron, Liz, Graham, Glenn, Meg, Hannah, Stephanie, Ryan, Eldine, and plenty more. Um, Andrew, they can also email us at overduepod at gmail.com, but if they want to find more about the show, where should they go? Uh, they should go to overduepodcast.com, which is where we have uh, iTunes and Stitcher and RSS and Google Play links you can use to subscribe to the show. If you subscribe in iTunes, do rate and review us. Leave us a good one. How about? Yeah. That can be your thing this week. It's just like leave us a good one because um, that helps us rise in the rankings and it makes us feel good about ourselves. Um, also up there, we have links to our Patreon project, which is a way to support us financially. We have Amazon links so you can read along. I think our June schedule is going to go up. Yeah, it's basically um, ready to go. So long. yeah, we yeah. can post it soon. Um, we have links to Headgum, our podcast network, and and Spreaker, our podcast host. Thank you to them for making the show, for helping the show happen every week. We make it happen, obviously. Obviously, is important. <laughs> um, is there anything else? Like, yeah, just like Craig said, bit.ly slash overdue hotties. You've got a couple months at this point to. Uh, Decide you want to go, but tickets, like we said, aren't unlimited. So do get in there, and then um, you're gone next week. We talk. I about am that? gone. Yeah, I am gone next week. I'm. We, Susanna and I are going on our first vacation since our honeymoon. We're gone. We're going to an undisclosed location for an undisclosed amount of time because I don't want anyone to listen to this and come steal my PlayStation. Okay, great. I think I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> So, okay, so what's going to happen, though, while I'm gone? I'm going to go there and hang out with your cat and play Wii. Okay, like what else, though? Oh, but Laura's going to be on the show with me. And, Who's Laura? Well, my wife. Wait, what? My wife. <laughs> that was fine. And she is <laughs> currently in the middle of reading uh, March by Geraldine Brooks. It is a riff on Little Women. So if you've read Little Women... Uh, you might enjoy this. I have not, and I bet I will enjoy it anyway. So you can listen to us next week. All right, everybody. Have fun with Craig and Laura, and I'll be back soon enough. Um, will you be and, a shark oh, yeah. when you come back? I, God, apparently not. I'm just incapable of becoming a shark. Um, all right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, try to be happy. That was a HeadGum Podcast.